You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, on last week's episode of After the Paracast, which is part of our Paracast Plus Premium Package, Chris was talking about sniffing underwear. Now, after that show was broadcast, and we're doing this just a few days later, I got a call from someone at Victoria's Secret, and they wanted to know whether Chris O'Brien would like to apply for a job as an underwear sniffer. I hear the sound of crickets. It's real money, man. It wasn't my idea. I thought Jacobs maybe would kind of fit the bill there. I'm getting really, really tired of that story, and our forums have been filled with it. So I'll just tell you one more development and leave it be, okay? Dr. David Jacobs has put up a new site called Emma Woods, The Real Story. And that's the domain, by the way, emmawoodstherealstory.com. And that's where he presents the unadulterated recordings and transcripts of these sessions. And the first three are about the multiple personality disorder session, the chastity belt session, and the underwear session, and where he explains what the meaning behind that is. And on the surface, it sounds absurd. <laughs> but that's what it is. But even more confusing, in his introduction to the site, he mentions there's yet another name for this contactee, abductee that has been after him for the past few years, Emma Woods. Now, he referred to her once as Alice, okay? Then he finally went with the crowd and said, okay, it's Emma Woods. And then he reveals in this introduction on Emma Woods' The Real Story that she was first referred to as Heidi. I bet Chris is thinking of this too. I was thinking of the lyrics to an old song from the 60s. Her name was McGill, and she called herself Lil, but everyone knew her as Nancy. Uh, no, Gene, I actually wasn't thinking that, but... Uh, he was thinking that he's so bored and sick and tired of hearing of this nonsense. I, yeah, I, I just, I'm so over it. You know, I thought we'd have the guy on and he'd tell us, you know, his uh, outlandish theory that uh, hubrids are uh, taking over the planet, but they need help. Uh, I just thought it was, you know, good entertainment, but uh, boy, did that sure backfire, Gene. <laughs> Oh, you know, boy. and then I get accused of of being uh, of dogging him, badgering him, uh, you know. And I just wanted to get my point across that you know, in order to find out new information about anything that has to do with the paranormal, you need to get hard data. And I don't know; it's probably not politically correct to ask a complete stranger uh, to send their underwear to you. I could I could see where. <laughs> That could erupt into a controversy. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's important to note that some some sort of DNA evidence would go a long way uh, into, you know, ascertaining the reality of a particular scenario. I mean, when I went out on cattle mutilation cases, uh, I would take chunks of flesh and plant and soil samples 
and send it in to try to determine if there were any energetic properties that were unusual or you know, some sort of residual effect from the actual disfigurement process. But that's an animal. When you're dealing with uh, people, you have to be a little bit more, I think, you have to cover your ass a little better and be be careful. And unfortunately, you know, he wasn't, obviously. I mean, this is stuck to him like a lamprey or a leech. I remember uh, <laughs> the story of John Mack uh, being punked by outsiders who came in to debunk him and, uh, unbeknownst to him, were setting him up. And when when the uh, alleged, you know, hoaxer abductee mentioned that she was on board the, what was it, a destroyer in the, in the Atlantic where there was a secret meeting between Kennedy and Khrushchev during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And I think she said she sat on Khrushchev's lap or something. And John Mack got so excited, I think he fell off the chair or I forget the story, but it comes with the territory. It doesn't matter if you're a Harvard professor or a Temple professor. There's people out there that'll take you down. I have been so fortunate, you know, personally, that um, I've only had a couple of attempts to to punk my ass. There goes that that ass thing again, James. What? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like during the After the Powercast episode, you were talking about, what is it, pro bono proctologist or something like that. What is this obsession that you have with that? Because this whole thing is ass backwards. Our network is freaking out. They're thinking, what is this O'Brien guy going to say next? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got completely Everybody wacko. has it ass backwards. And, and I was trying to illustrate a point that, you know, the whole abduction phenomenon is, is so tricksterish in many ways. And, oh, I said that, that word again there, listeners. When was the last time I used that word, Gene? Oh... It's you been a while. Occasionally. It's yeah, been a while. Right. It's but been a while. This is a good example of how these particular types of subjects have this kind of absurdity uh, that's built in, and people fall for the—I don't know—they just fall for the the wrong end of the equation sometimes. And I, that's all I was trying to do is get across the uh, the sort of metaphoric point that that this is just—it's uh, getting ridiculous and. Unfortunately, uh, we're taking a little bit of fallout for even having him on the show. And it's funny, too. We had him on five years ago with the late Bud Hopkins. And at that time, we had a guest co-host, Paul Kimball. And Paul wouldn't go on the show because neither Jacobs nor Hopkins would go on the show with him. I think because he said once that he would never have these guys probe his mind. And I would agree, though. I wouldn't want any of these people to probe my mind. I, even if they have all the doctorates in the world and they were psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, I'd be awfully careful. Yeah, I wouldn't want them to probe any part of me. Here we go again. This is going to be the strangest introduction <laughs> to a Paracast episode yes, ever. Yes, uh, Claus, rather, is not going not gonna to appreciate this, I don't think. So we, I better. Uh, it's too early. Yeah, uh, just for everyone's, uh, I don't know, it's, I was up all night and it's the early morning. And I was up all night too because Teddy Bear had a dietary problem, but that gets us back to this other subject. I don't want to say what it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'll I'll kind of get serious here for a minute. I mean, oh. this show is really hitting bottom. Oh, jeez. 
Okay. I'm not going to touch that. I'll give you a slap in a minute. Listen, before we go on, we've got a really fascinating guest that you've lined up for the show this week. And we're getting up real early in the morning on a Monday morning to do this. So it better be the best PowerCast episode ever. And I have high hopes for it. Tell us more. Well, I I don't know. Somebody sent me a link to a, a site about a group in Sweden that has been quietly researching. And uh, I guess you could even say investigating the ghost rocket uh, phenomenon, which um, much to my surprise uh, has ebbed and flowed over the years since uh, the wave of hundreds and hundreds of reports over Scandinavia uh, back in 1946 and 47. And, you know, we've heard from uh, James Carrion and we talked about his Rosetta deception with the whole idea of this being intelligence operations by, by the Americans and possibly counter operations by the Soviets. We've, we've spoke to Micah Hanks, who has a different take on the phenomenon and the wave of, of activity that occurred. So why not go to Scandinavia and talk with folks who are there locally and maybe have access to uh, you know more research than outsiders? And let's get the skinny on this. So this is one of the most important, I think, waves of activity in the history of ufology and it predates, of course, the Kenneth Arnold sighting. So we have 20 to, seconds. I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking with Klaus Svan. Coming up next with Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV.
In recent years, we have witnessed the most catastrophic disasters in history. Earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, typhoons, and more. Legacy Premium Food Storage will prepare you. Our great-tasting, non-GMO quality food products have a 25-year shelf life, are the most affordable on the market, and are American-made. They're perfect for hiking, camping, and road trips, too. Be prepared with the best. Go to SurvivalFoodAlliance.com. That's SurvivalFoodAlliance.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. First of all, let me remind you that if you want to hear the After the Paracast podcast, where Chris O'Brien tells you about how Victoria's Secret checks returned underwear before deciding how to or whether to give you a refund and other stuff. A lot more important stuff than that. You have to be a member of the Powercast Plus. Go to plus.thepowercast.com, P-L-U-S.thepowercast.com. We offer the ad-free version of this show after the Powercast, an open chat room, more stuff to come for a modest monthly, annual, five-year, and now lifetime, lifetime subscription rate. We also give you free ebooks for long-term subscriptions, plus.thepowercast.com. Today, it's Ghost Rockets all the time. Klaus Fahn is joining us. I know that I am mangling his name severely, but he's very gracious and is not going to call me out on it. But let me ask you, first of all, about your background. How did you get involved in this sort of research? Yeah, I started when I was quite young, uh, at the age of 16, uh, I'm born in 1958, so when I was 16 in 1974, I decided to start investigating UFOs. Long before that, I was interested, of course, but at that time in May 74, uh, I started to go and visit witnesses and trying to find out what they really had seen in the sky. And uh, since then, I've been uh, digging deeper and deeper into this mystery. I'm not a believer. I'm an investigator, and uh, every answer is a good answer. I mean, 
If it's aliens, fine with me. If it's all in the mind of people, fine with me, as long as I know for sure. How did that research drift towards ghost rockets? Now, we think of ghost rockets as something that happened before we were all born in World yeah. War II. Yes, yeah. so, even before I was born, so it's a long time ago. And uh, <laughs> Even before I was born, that's got to be a very long time ago. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's part of our history, really. And uh, it started in 1946. Uh, that's the great ghost rocket wave uh, when it hit Scandinavia. You could find uh, observations in other countries as well. Finland, Norway and Sweden, especially Sweden, was really hit by this wave of observations of uh, cigar-shaped objects with or without wings flying over, quite a few of them crashing into lakes. I read about them, of course, uh, when I was young in the late 1960s. And I started to think about them really for real about five or six years later and digging into the archives, trying to find the paperwork that the military must have left behind them. We did, me and the fellow investigator, we did find the papers in the Swedish war archives and uh, started to visit the witnesses. At this point, when you started this investigation and looked into it, did you make some kind of determination as to what the cause might be for those original ghost rockets? Uh, not really. Uh, I could see that they were uh, a little different from ordinary UFOs uh, because they were so physical. You could always hear them. You could see the sun uh, reflecting in, in the hull. You could uh, hear the wind blowing when they were flying over. You could see the crashes with uh, huge uh, columns of water splashing up into the air. You can hear explosions sometimes. And you can find traces of them even uh, if you didn't find the actual ghost rocket, you can find holes in the bottom of lakes where they have crashed. So they were very, very physical, and uh, that made me feel that this could be something uh, that could be solved, even. But this far, we have uh, not found a solution yet, but we are on the trail of it, maybe. If they crashed, there has to be something that you can find. Was any recovered? The military went to quite a few of those lakes that uh, people had seen ghost rockets crash into. They really combed them for evidence. Uh, at one lake, the very, very north of Sweden, called Lake Kolmjörv, they spent two weeks picking 33,000 samples from the lake. And they, all, they were going, all they could see was a hole in the bottom. And big stones, large stones, were thrown up from the bottom of the lake on the shore and the people around the lake uh, they, they had seen this craft uh, elongated craft coming down exploding with a huge column of water and all the uh, all the houses were shattering from the explosion so it was really really physical but they couldn't find anything that looked like say a v-bomb from, from the second world war hitler's vengeance weapon tried to hit london with they were very much like the wee bombs, with one very big difference. When the wee bombs crashed in Sweden, you could find 2,200 kilograms of debris, but uh, the ghost rockets never left anything behind them. Isn't that strange, though, that you have something that so obviously seems to be a physical phenomenon, but there's no wreckage anywhere? I mean, I've spoken to so many researchers within the military that were out on those sites looking for those rockets. 
And they say the same to me as you are telling me now. How could it be that there wasn't anything to be found? They really couldn't understand that. Most of those people are now passed away. I made the interviews in the early 1980s. Uh, so we have documented the Swedish military's investigations and also a lots of ordinary civilian witnesses during those early years. Now there are nearly no one left who can tell the stories. I'm glad we did it. And I'm sorry that we didn't have time to do more interviews than we did at that time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your organization and how this um, this effort has been coordinated over the years? Yeah, you are for Sweden, who is equivalent with MUFON or QFOS in the United States, uh, was founded in 1970. And uh, we train our own field investigators. I just went to a training uh, uh, two weeks ago uh, to train 30 new investigators. And um, we have done that for nearly 40 years, every year. Uh, we also publish two magazines. Uh, we give lots of lectures, we travel a lot to investigate uh, UFO observations. We get one or two observations every third day. So it's nearly five a week. Uh, and we have a report center that deals with them. And uh, we are quite good in, in uh, doing those investigations. So when the year is ending, Maybe one or two uh, got the label UFOs. The rest of them have been identified. Uh, this is one part of what we are doing. The other part is the archives for the unexplained, which is the world's largest archives when it comes to UFOs. And it's situated here in Sweden as well. And we are working with that from, from UFO Sweden. And uh, this is an amazing archives, really amazing. Well, what is the general feeling in Sweden? Of course, we become well aware of how Americans are sort of descending into a place of blind um, you know, belief and, uh, how would I put this, the willful suspension of <laughs> disbelief. Um, yeah. how, how do people in Scandinavia and Sweden view the UFO phenomenon collectively? And uh, what sort of differences do you see between how Scandinavians approach the subject um, you know, as the public approaches the subject, as opposed to the to the glitz and glitter of uh, a Hollywood-derived version here in the U.S. Let's have that answer in our next segment with Klaus Fahn and Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. It's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LaSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast-free shipping. Become a vapor today at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LaSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. My name is Dell, and I live in El Cajon, California. I was concerned about my cholesterol readings because I knew that high cholesterol is related to clogging of the arteries and increases the risk for heart attack and stroke. One day, I heard an ad for heart and body extract, and I was skeptical, but I decided to give it a try. Man, the numbers don't lie. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com.
Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacro wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacro wedgie. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. It's the Ghost Rockets with Klaus Vaughn, and we're talking to him direct from his palatial estate in Sweden. It's not palatial, is it? (laughs) Chris asked a question about perceptions of UFOs. In Sweden, what's your response? It's quite different from the United States, I should say. I mean, uh, when there have been made surveys about people believe people's beliefs, 25% of the Swedes believe that we have or had have visits from uh, other worlds. And that figure is around 40 to 50% in the United States. 
Uh, so we are not as much as believers as, uh, as the United States, uh, people in the United States are, I should say. And I think it must uh, be explained to uh, UFO Sweden's work through the years. We have never been believers, at least since the 1980s, we have not been believers. We are just saying that this is an unknown. Uh, this is something strange. We do not have the answer, but this is something that needs more research. And uh, I think people have learned that now, and they are uh, appreciating what we are doing. They are turning to us to get help to try to identify what they have seen in the skies. Yeah, how, how refreshingly scientific <laughs> and objective. So then you're not yeah. trying to seek out disclosure by the government of alleged spaceship evidence. You just want to find out what it's about. Yeah, I mean, we are working quite closely with, with the authorities. Uh, we, uh, a couple of years ago, I asked them to scan their full UFO archives for us, and they set the person to do that for three and a half months, and they turned it over on the two-gigabyte hard drive to us. Uh, we have also uh, available information that not many UFO researchers in the world can, can get, because uh, thanks to our cooperation, they trust us and we trust them. That said, of course, they don't tell us everything they know. They are keeping things away from us, of course, because of uh, intrusions uh, over the border that they really don't know who, who are making. It could be anyone. It could be Russia, not that uncommon. It could be uh, NATO, not that uncommon either. So, uh, of course, we do not get to know everything. But we have very, very good uh, contacts that helps us to, to investigate and to find answers. Okay, looking at that here, they're withholding something. Does that indicate at all that maybe they have some guilty knowledge more than they're letting on? And they're just being accommodating to send you information or to maybe leading you astray? Look, we're giving you this information, so there are no secrets of any importance. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I, I got a telephone call from uh, the Swedish Defense Research Institute, which is one of the most secretive institutes we do have within the military and the caller told me that uh, they found a, a secret file of UFO reports, and they asked me if I was interested. And I said I was. So uh, they unclassified it, and I got it. And when I read it, 90% of it were not of interest at all. It was just lights, uh, specks of lights in the sky and uh, meteors and stuff like that. You couldn't really understand why it was classified in the first place. The rest was quite interesting, but I mean... Nothing that would change your your uh, world worldview, and we we have so many contexts that are leaking secret information as well. That uh, when I got it on my table, I can say that they don't know. They are uh, just as curious as you and I are. They don't have the answer to the UFO enigma. I think. So therefore, if we got disclosure, there's no such thing because maybe the governments don't know much more than we do. And wouldn't that be also a reason not to reveal everything because they don't have any answers? And maybe if they say that, and they would maybe not look that good. Hey, you yeah, got I this stuff going on in our skies and you don't know what's going on? What's the matter yeah, with it, you? It could be a part of it because if they don't know what's really crossing our skies, it's not very good for them to tell that. You're perfectly right about that. I've spoken to quite a few people within the radar, the secret radar surveillance around Sweden, and they say that UFOs to them are just a problem. And by that they mean when they are seeing things on their radar screens, 
that I really don't know. It could be anything. It's not hostile. It could be some problem with the radar. It could be some unusual natural phenomenon. And com- something completely different, of course. I've I spoken to Swedish pilots chasing UFOs in the skies, and some of the stories are really, really fantastic. So, uh, but they didn't report it. It was too fantastic. They didn't want to be questioned as pilots. So they could, they could you something. give us some examples? Yeah, I mean, I spoke to one pilot who, uh, in the late 1970s, was on a, a routine fly, uh, flying routinely over Öland. It's uh, southeast of Sweden. It's an island. And uh, he got the call from the radar unit on the ground telling him it was some unknown object coming uh, into Swedish airspace. So he was going to identify it. It was the Cold War, and uh, he did this regularly. It was nothing especially strange about that. But when he approached the object, it was uh, 10 kilometers over the, the water surface, and he got locked on it with his radar on board his jet fighter. Uh, so he could see the object on his radar. And after just a couple of seconds, the object reacted and started to climb. From being stationless, uh, hovering, it just started to climb straight up into the heavens. And he was uh, flying after it in a 70 degrees angle, following it as fast as he could with his jet fighter. But he was outflown. Uh, he said to me that the object just vanished up in space. He had to stop because it was too high, so he couldn't fly any higher. Uh, he was sure that he did see this on his radar screen. He never saw it with his eyes. It was uh, impossible to see for him, but on the radar. But he never reported it. He, he never told the radar unit on the ground that uh, he, he did see it. So, so we have the same sort of scenario in Scandinavia and in Sweden where pilots are reluctant to go on the record and say, you know, that they saw or didn't see an unknown object that could not be identified. So there is a a, a stigma attached to it, it sounds like. Yeah. Just to pursue this in terms of sightings, have you had anything that is close to our obsession with Roswell, New Mexico, a possible crashed UFO, other than the ghost rockets back in the 40s? Anything like an over-a-crashed UFO? Yeah, we don't have... any reports like that here in Sweden. Um, it's only the ghost rockets. They, all, they always crash in lakes uh, and never on, on the land. Uh, other crashes? No, not really. Very, very few reports about aliens. We, of course, have people who have met them uh, in their bedrooms, as you, you have in the United States as well. But they are very, very fewer, but fewer than you have. Uh, it's hard to explain why, but I think uh, um, nobody really encouraged uh, people to come forward with those kind of stories mm-hmm. in that way that the uh, authors and uh, media does in the United States. So when we're talking about that, we, you mean UFO abductions, right? Yeah. Okay, so you've had a few of those. I mean, in recent weeks on the Paracast, we've had some discussions, and it gets to be amazingly polarized mm-hmm. the pro and con opinions the disputes the emotions it's amazing and i gather here you people over at ufo sweden you seem to take more of a laid-back approach to that there isn't that infighting am i getting this correct 
Yeah, it's not any infighting. We are trying to approach this uh, as, uh, as researchers, really. And uh, uh, we are not encouraging people to believe in that they have met aliens from other planets. Oh, that's refreshing. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's uh, not very helpful to them to do that. Uh, we are well, listening to them. We are trying to find an answer. If we cannot find an answer, we say, okay, this is a UFO. This is nothing that we could uh, identify. So there is no cosmic water gate no, in Sweden really. like we have here or may have here. Let me do our break. We have Klaus von, and we're talking about ghost rockets and UFOs. He's the chairman of UFO Sweden. He's been involved in this research for quite a while. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. The discussions all over the radio. You couldn't believe what you were hearing. You trusted them. How could you have not seen the signs? You felt betrayed. Outrage set in. Your emotions began to consume you. Then, nothing. Now they're talking football. Days turn to weeks and months. Then, you've forgotten. But they haven't. They're still monitoring your every move. It's coming. Monitor blockitpocket.com. Or will you forget? A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. 
At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? You know, I'm, I'm vice chairman nowadays. I'm international director for you for Sweden. Okay, yeah, just want to clarify that. Now, if, just to stop for a second here, and we have a lot of listeners in Europe, so right now, if someone is interested, because you do have an English language section, by the way, so you don't have to speak another language. If anyone's interested in getting more information about your organization, where do they go? Probably the best way to find us is on the Ghost Rocket Facebook site, and uh, everything is in English there. You can also go to the UFO Sweden Facebook, which uh, mostly in Swedish, but uh, also UFO.se. UFO.se is uh, our main page on the internet. And if you're an English speaker, you can also visit the archives for the unexplained, afu.se. It's in English, all of it. Now, when we put up the show, we will have links to your site so people who are interested want to get a sensible, emotion-free approach to UFOs. We are curious. That's the most important thing. And I've been curious for 40 years now, and uh, I feel the same tingling uh, sensation in my body when I go out to meet a witness and trying to find an answer to what really happened and to listen to their stories. There's nothing better than that. I'm a journalist by profession. I work 100% as a journalist at the newspaper here in Stockholm. During my daytime work, I'm trying to find the answers to other topics. And uh, this is the same, really. But we're doing it with UFOs. Let me do a segue here because it does fascinate me. I'm always interested in how Europeans or people around the world perceive the United States and all the crazy nonsense is going on here. Like our presidential campaign right now where we've got one candidate who's a leader in the Republican Party is a reality show host. Yeah. And his presence is huge. I don't want to do a Donald Trump <laughs> imitation. I think Hillary Clinton does the best. But how do the Europeans look at the crazy stuff that's going on in this country? Do you feel frightened are you just amused by it? What? I think we're a little amused by it. But we're also very, very obsessed with the United States. That's much because of Hollywood, of course, and all the literature we have read through the years, all the Nobel Prize winners. I mean, you have made such an impact on Europe and on Sweden during the years. So uh, I think we are impressed, but also a little uh, 
<laughs> amazed by by a country like yours could be so diverse and so strange and uh, have so <laughs> many nuts and uh, so many brights. I mean, that, that yeah. the great funny. American pubic. <laughs> yeah, yes, I like to refer to them. Well, you know that kind of leads me to a question which sort of addresses the cultural differences. People in Scandinavia, I had a Swedish wife, tend to be more close to the vest. Um, they seem to have a little bit harder time in possibly opening up and sharing their emotional self as opposed to Americans who wear their emotions on their sleeves. Um, do you find that that creates problems with uh, witnesses coming forward? Your organization's ability to pull information out of witnesses. Do you see uh, some cultural difficulties in terms of, of being an investigative journalist and trying to interview people? Uh, is there a reluctance to divulge all the facts, do you think? Let me take an example here, because during the last five or six years, Sweden had made a survey that no one else in the world ever tried to do before. We went out to three different uh, areas in Sweden, knocking doors, asking people, have you seen anything in the sky that you, you couldn't explain? Uh, we interviewed 1,700 people in that way. And, uh, I mean, how come that they, they opened the doors to us, you can ask? I mean, if you did it in the United States, I'm not sure everyone would, would answer the door. But, the well, but they'd before, have a shotgun. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and you were <laughs> <laughs> but we went out a week before in media uh, and had media coverage uh, all over the area, TV, radio, newspapers, that we were coming. So everyone knew that when it knocked on their door, it was not Jehovah's Witnesses, it was UFO Sweden coming. So they opened the door to us. I met only one who didn't want to talk with me when I, I, I went out to do this. One in ten had seen something that they most of the time had never reported to anyone except the immediate family. We have 10, 10 million people in this country around. 10 That's million. a million people. <laughs> That's a million wow. people. And we have 20,000 UFO reports from Sweden in our archives. I mean, we have missed it all, really. <laughs> we only scratched the surface. Well, how about you, uh, Klaus? Have you had a personal experience or... Yeah, I have had an experience in 1995, together with my wife, which is nice not to be alone to do things like this. I'm an amateur astronomer, and I'm never out looking in the skies except for watching the stars and doing observations. But at this evening, it was November the 5th, 1995, we were traveling by car from the north of Stockholm to Stockholm. It was in the middle of the night, just after one o'clock. Uh, I was driving, and my wife was sitting to the right of me, and uh, we saw two persons standing at the bus stop, waiting for the last bus. One of them were pointing up in the sky, and the other one was looking, trying to see what he was pointing to, I presume. So I asked my wife, could you take a look, see if you can see something? Uh, she leaned forward and took a look and said, no, I can only see stars. It's a very, very nice evening. And it was. So we parked the car. It was just four or five hundred yards to where we lived. So we parked the car and uh, went out. We were standing three or four meters uh, away from each other, looking up in the skies, trying to see what those gentlemen really were staring at. And we couldn't see anything for the first 30, 40 seconds. Then suddenly, from the very dark of the sky, 
not from the horizon, but uh, 40, 45 degrees up. Uh, three plus signs, like crosses, appeared uh, flying side by side over us, illuminated by their own light, as it seemed. First, I thought it was birds, because I've seen so many birds illuminated by the street lights flying over me. But those were much bigger. They were rigid. They didn't flap their wings. They were bright in another way. They flew over us, and I ran around the corner trying to see where they were heading, and I saw them flying over our neighbor's house and vanishing uh, at the horizon. And after that, we went inside. We didn't say a word to each other. We sat down in separate rooms. We took our report forms. We filled them out, and after that, we compared what we had seen. And I put an investigator trying to find an answer on this about this, and we never were able to find out what those three crosses were. Wow, that's an interesting description. You know, one thing that just dawned on me, pardon the pun uh, with my uh, comment here, but, you know, you guys are way up, you know, getting close to the Arctic Circle. So you have very, very long days during the summer and very long nights during the winter where it's very, very cold. So I would imagine that one thing that you have to take into account is that People aren't really outside looking up at the sky at nighttime as much as they would be, let's say, you know, further south, like in in the U.S. And that uh, during the wintertime, when you, you know, when objects in the sky obviously are more apparent in the dark, you don't have as many people outside actually sky watching and doing those types of activities. However, during the summer, it's daylight. You have that because people here are used to it being cold. So we, I mean, I'm living in Stockholm now. I consider it quite south because uh, for eight years I lived at the Polar Circle and that is 1,000 kilometers north of me. Right. At that time, we spent as much time outside as we do now. Oh, okay. Well, that's... You're better clothes. (laughs) You guys are hardier up there. Plus, you got some nice uh, hot tub action going on to kind of warm up too, I'm sure. Yeah, you can see the aurora and you won't miss that because it's so nice. Well, you mentioned a sighting that you had... But did that make you more uh, focused and more motivated to, uh, to continue the work? Because we're talking 20 years ago. That was right at the midpoint of your, of your um, pretty much in, in your career. Do you, as an investigator, require good cases to keep you moving forward, keep you motivated? Or is it just something that you're just doing because it needs to be done? I think it's the loss to sell. It's, 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 this observation didn't really affect me in any way, except one. I realized how hard it is for witnesses to tell about their stories. Uh, it's so difficult to try to get someone else to understand that you have seen something that you did not understand yourself. Uh, it was very, very good to me for me to see that, because when I'm out visiting witnesses now, I do understand how they struggle to get what they have seen into my mind to make me understand. Right. Well, that's language. Uh, people need a, a way to be able to use language to describe something that is uh, inexplicable, that yeah. uh, is very difficult to describe. We have Klaus Fun and Gene and Chris here in The Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Of the Rockaways. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. My name is Bill Bonner, and I have an important message. Right now, the highest levels of government are struggling against an inevitable crisis, but they're about to lose control. When this happens, it will rip our country apart in ways you never imagined from where we shop to the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. A few years ago, I warned that the housing prices would collapse. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash, and they did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. I've posted a free video at disappearingdollar.com. Maybe you'll disagree with my conclusions, but first, you need to watch this video and see the facts for yourself. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. One thing I wanted to ask here, because we like to do these inevitable comparisons between American ufology, which is a mess, and how it works in Sweden, Klaus von, and that is things like government secrecy, and it doesn't seem like there's an awful lot of that, and so-called men in black, people who run around doing all sorts of mischief with regard to witnesses of ufos and other paranormal events do you have men in black in sweden uh, not really we we do have maybe a few observations through the years and i'm not really sure about them if they are bona fide observations or are just uh, some people telling stories i mean i went uh, i'm quite often in england and uh, doing ufo stuff there and uh, there you can find quite a lot of men in black observations Denmark, no, not really. Finland, Norway, no, not really. It's not a Scandinavian thing at all. Uh, it's more of a, an Anglo-Saxon thing, I think. Well, of course, we have an argument here in the U.S. whether men in black represent some sort of government intervention or they are themselves paranormal creatures. And one of our American researchers who's originally from the UK, Nick Redfern. You probably know who he is. Yeah. He wrote a piece reviewing the new book by Dr. David Jacobs about so-called hybrid aliens, and he likens them in descriptions to possible men in black, that men in black might be hybrid aliens. But let me ask you that question, too. 
because unfortunately it's consumed a lot of the power cast in the last couple of weeks. Do you believe if, if there is an ET that is visiting us, that maybe they are among us, or is that just too paranoid to contemplate? I read Nick Redfern's book about Man in Black, and he, he has quite a lot of interesting cases in, in his book. That said, uh, we do have reports from Swedes that think that they are aliens. I mean, that they are here on Earth because they were placed here by, by some other outside force. I am in contact with, say, 50 or 60 persons that are sending me letters or emails, and they think that they are in contact or themselves hybrids or, or ETs. So, uh, yeah, some people think that they are here and uh, they are a part of it themselves. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the evidence yet, but I keep an open door, of course. <laughs> I mean, if they are showing them on, on my uh, my footstep here, I thanks. They're welcome. Yeah. That would be a little scary. Uh, I Unfortunately, uh, we're seeing more and more of that here in the U.S., and that always makes me kind of take a big step back and start wondering about a person's sanity. I'm just uh, That's the way I am. But at the same time, you can't be too judgmental uh, because you may be throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. Yeah. But let's get back to the ghost rockets real quick, Klaus. I, I think it's important for our new listeners, to have a good understanding of how this particular wave, which is very, kind of sits alone. Uh, we don't really have a, a corollary type of wave anywhere else, to my knowledge, except maybe the great airship wave in, in the 1896-97 period. Why don't you give us a sense of how the whole wave began, where our first cases were, and then how it progressed through the year, and then spread to the Mediterranean. I mean, we even had uh, reports from down there. Give us a sense of the of the actual kind of nuts and bolts of how this this whole thing unfolded. You could say it started in the very early days of 1946 in January and uh, up in February. People seeing lights in the sky. Most of them we can see now. Uh, it was probably meteors and uh, planets and stuff like that. But the reports. They, they they still ended up in, in March, April, more lights in the sky. But in May, something changed. I think it was May 28th, the first headline in the Swedish newspaper with, a, with the headline Ghost Rocket in it. The word Ghost Rocket were used for the first time. And uh, after that, people did see crafts, you should say. I mean, they, they were really not, nothing at all like light in the sky, flying over Sweden uh, in broad daylight. And in uh, July the 6th, the military decided to create a ghost rocket committee to, to, to deal with those observations. And the committee worked for half a year. They uh, interviewed people. They uh, went out to search in the lakes. And uh, in their case files, more than 1,000 witnesses are, are, are named so uh, they put in tremendous amount of effort trying to find an answer to all this. And on July the 19th, four different rockets crashed in lakes within a couple of hours in different parts of Sweden, mostly in the northern part, northern part of Sweden. And at that time, you didn't have mobile telephones. It was not on the radio. It was not in the newspapers uh, the same, same evening. So they were seeing this 
those crashes independently of each other, four crashes, and the military spent weeks trying to find the answer to that. When August came, a military pilot chased one of those ghost rockets together with his co-pilot, and I could see it for a couple of minutes. I've spoken to, uh, to the pilot many, many times, and he was trying to, uh, to chase it, but he was outflown by it, uh, as it usually is when it comes to UFOs. And this still, these observations still came to the military, were, were reported to the military up in October. But in October, November, it, it really ended. And in December, the Swedish military published a draft a report telling that this was something real. This was something that uh, had crashed. It was not just astronomical misidentifications. It was someone trying to pinpoint Sweden in, in some way they didn't understand. Well, well let, me, let me ask a, quiz, a quick question. Were there reports of these objects actually performing turns uh, using some sort of avoidance uh, flight patterns, or are these just straight trajectory flight paths, like you would imagine a, a missile or a rocket? Do we have any sense of these things having uh, some sort of remote control or intelligent control where they're trying to evade fighters, uh, uh, making turns, that sort of thing? There are a couple of observations where, where people have seen those rockets turning nearly 90 degrees, uh, turning corners, if you say so. The Swedish pilot who tried to, to chase this rocket, uh, that rocket did just fly straight, but straight into a storm area, an area that he, the pilot, had tried to avoid because it was dangerous to fly into. But the rocket flew straight into this, uh, this uh, storm area. Um, the, those one crashing into lakes usually went like a, a ballistic missile crashing straight into the lake. But, as you may know, UFO Sweden are now trying to find one of those ghost rockets from 1980 because they are still coming. In That's 19- the one question I wanted to pursue at this point because we want to get into that documentary you folks have produced. And that is, this is not something that began and ended in World War II. It goes on to the present day. And I'm going to ask you for a quick answer because we have about a minute before we have to do our break. But this is something that is an ongoing phenomenon, correct? Correct. It is. And uh, people are seeing the same uh, modus operandi from them today. They are still flying in daylight. They are still crashing into lakes. The military have been trying to find them in those lakes a couple of times, but they have not found anything. Now, this is something I want to ask you about for our next segment, and that is why do you think if we have physical aircraft physically crashing into a physical lake, we can't find the debris? Hold off that answer. We'll have you do it in the next segment. Please check out plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. Learn how to get our exclusive podcast called After the Paracast, the ad-free version of this show, more features to come when you join Paracast Plus. Memberships start at $5 a month. We also have lifetime memberships, free ebooks, and more. Plus.theparacast.com. Klaus Sven is joining us. We're pursuing the Ghost Rockets. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. <laughs>
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. You wouldn't go swim with the sharks without a cage, would you? Hey, has anyone seen Larry? It's in our nature to protect ourselves, especially when protection is simple and affordable. That's why IDStronghold.com has been providing affordable RFID protection for over 10 years. ID Stronghold wallets protect you from electronic pickpockets who pass near you with a scanner and steal your credit and debit card info, as well as data from other cards containing RFID chips. IDStronghold.com, the original maker of shielded wallets, is a technology company, so we understand how to best protect you against intrusive radio waves. ID Stronghold wallets are designed to block RFID signals, open or closed, no matter where in the wallet you put your cards. Most other RFID wallets on the market were designed with only fashion in mind and don't shield properly, if at all. If you're shopping for your next wallet, be sure to get the protection you deserve by going to IDStronghold.com because getting anything else is like being the next victim in a Jaws movie. It's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriot e-liquid by LeSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LeSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast free shipping. Become a vapor today at LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. 
This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So let's check into that, into that question. Why do you think, Klaus Vaughn, we can't find any wreckage, but we're seeing them crash. What's going on here? Yeah. You really cannot understand what's going on. When one of the V-bombs, Hitler's vengeance weapons, crashed in 1944 on Swedish soil, you, you could find 2,200 kilos of debris. Loads of it, loads of it. And just two years after that, less than two years after that, the ghost rocket wave starts and the crashing, nothing. They found nothing at all. And that is the mystery. That's one of the things that keep me ticking and uh, wondering what is really behind this. Uh, I don't have the answer, but um, it's a big, big question mark. And it's uh, something that you really cannot see any easy answer to at this moment. Isn't that weird? Let me ask you something else here. And this raises the red herring in the room. Now, there is a book that came out a couple of years back by a former international director of MUFON by the name of James Carrion called The Rosetta Deception. Are you familiar with it? Yeah. Okay. The theory being that this was just a U.S. intelligence trick to scam the Russians, spook the Russians, that sort of thing. Never really yeah. happened. And obviously, if it's still going on, that certainly raises a big question mark there. What's your opinion about the book? I don't uh, think it was U.S. deception at all. The U.S. was um, at that time very much interested in, in uh, the ghost rockets as the British. We have found documents both in Washington and in London uh, where you can see this huge interest from both sides to try to find out what really was behind the ghost rockets. They didn't know. It's impossible to see how a deception like that could have been uh, orchestrated. It was happening all around Sweden, Finland and Norway in small, small communities. People who really had uh, big problems to be affected by any, any notions from, from the US. They really saw what they saw and they heard what they heard. So uh, no, I don't, think, I don't think it's like that at all. This is uh, something quite different, but what? I don't have the answer to that. It's interesting here that Carrion and his research uncovered all sorts of government documents that seemed to indicate they were pulling some kind of stunt. Is it possible they were merely taking advantage of ghost rockets? In 1946, uh, well, the war was over. Uh, the V-bombs were transported to America or into the Soviet Union at that time. I'm not sure really what they could uh, benefit from it, except trying to, to uh, make Sweden closer to NATO or to the U.S., I mean, Sweden was really quite close to the U.S. at that time. Uh, I cannot see the benefit from it, really. So it was just, well, a theory that didn't pan out. No, not it. to me. I mean, uh, I can't see anything, any of those traces found in the Swedish archives. Uh, we will soon publish all of the Swedish war archive ghost rocket documents online in English. They will be translated for the first time in history. Uh, so uh, probably before the end of the year or around the new year, uh, we will publish them. And people can visit this website for free. 
they can read, they can try to help us find patterns, solutions, new questions. Uh, they could write and, and um, they, they could deal with the documents in, in, in a way that may be giving us some clue to what really happened. Just a parenthetical question here. Now, I don't say I know everything or much of anything, and I don't play an expert on TV either. But before I heard about your documentary and your research, I was under the impression, as most of us are in the States, or the colonies, as they call us in the UK, that <laughs> the ghost rockets happened to be a series of events that occurred during World War II. And now you're telling us this is an ongoing thing. We're still seeing them. Why is it that that information hasn't filtered across the Atlantic? It's very important to to say that ghost rockets started in 1946 after the World War. There were no observations during the World War II. You you, you are talking about the Foo Fighters during the World War II. Completely different thing, really. So it started in 1946. And, well... I've been writing about this uh, even in, in books in America. So if you have read them, you would have known it. <laughs> uh, and of course, I've been talking about this on different talk shows and on Discovery Channel and National Geographic, whatever, a couple of times. So, I mean, if you're listening, I'm there. Uh, and we also write about this on our webpage. So it's not uh, hidden knowledge, really. But of course, it's not that well known. I do understand that. Uh, but I investigated so many crashes and so many observations from 1947 up until the 2000s. So I can say they are, they are still here, in a way. Well, can you give us a sense of how many reports have been you know, filed uh, down through the decades? I mean, are we looking at something that's fairly consistent or ebbs and flows? I should say that they are uh, scarce now, today. Not as many as in the 1970s, 1980s. Uh, usually four or five observations uh, a year, maybe in the 1950s, 60s. Um, during the 2000s, just a few, maybe maybe 10 or so since the year 2000. But they are still very good. They are day, daylight observations. They are seeing maneuvering over lakes or over um, uh, wooden areas, not over cities really. Uh, Not that many crashes. Now, I would assume after World War II we had gotten all this evidence of German technology and we're playing around with it, and certainly other countries might like Russia. Is it possible at least the early ghost rockets were test aircraft of some sort? No. That's impossible, really. Um, If you look at the track record from the V-bombs, the V-1 and the V-2, they were very, very difficult to give the right course. They were difficult to give the right altitude, to give the right uh, amount of trust. They they fell all over the place, really. And most of them were launched from, from Holland against London. Which is not very far. It's not uh, not not so many miles. But now you are talking about in 1946 trajectories that must have taken them from the very north of uh, the Baltic area up to the very north of Sweden, which is uh, say 2,500 kilometers, something like that. 
you, you cannot find a technology like that at that time. But interesting is to read the Swedish military when they are speculating about the ghost rockets. They do write that they probably are monitored by TV. It's a TV camera inside them. Someone is steering them from far away. And they are also speculating they could be uh, nuclear-powered. So they really thought those were high-tech, as much high-tech you can think of at that time. Sounds like drones to me, but we'll ask more about that in a moment. Yeah. Klaus Vann, joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack and was told I'd be on disability for the rest of my life. What did I do? I created Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. 
I'm 60 years old now, and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendivite. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Before we go on, you have this documentary about ghost rockets. Can you tell us about that? And then we'll get more into the possibility of ghost rocket drones. Five and a half year ago, a TV producer approached us asking if they could make a documentary about UFO Sweden. Uh, we said yes, and they have been following us for four and a half years, up in until a year ago now. They planned from the beginning just to make a film about UFO Sweden. We started this project trying to find a ghost rocket that landed and sank in the lake in the very north of Sweden in 1980. So that is the, the, the really the big thing in the movie now. They are following this investigation. And uh, it's a good movie. It's been out on uh, documentary film festivals. It will soon be competing in the Copenhagen Film Festival. It will be broadcasted in Canada. Uh, it will be broadcasted in Denmark, in Finland, and Norway, and Sweden, of course. And probably other countries as, as well. So uh, it's been very, very well received this far. You mentioned uh, radiation and that um, nuclear power may have been uh, involved. Have any investigators detected heightened levels of radiation that would suggest some sort of nuclear component uh, to these sightings and these subsequent crashes into lakes? This uh, crash, uh, July 19th, 1946, were four different ghost rockets crashed in four different lakes within a couple of hours. Uh, at that time, the very day after the crash happened, the Swedish military sent a team trying to see if they could find a trace of nuclear waste in the lake. Uh, and they really tried hard to find any trace, but they didn't. Uh, and they never found any traces uh, in, in other lakes as well. In 1980, this um, Lake Namajaure, where we are trying to find this ghost rocket, the Swedish military sent a helicopter, uh, and they landed at the shore of the lake, and they found some dead fishes. And uh, they thought the fish was uh, uh, killed by, by some radiation leak from the ghost rocket. But uh, soon they found out it was uh, natural causes by, by something quite different and uh, um, but they thought in that direction 
at many, many occasions during the, the investigation. Oh, yeah. James Carrion's uh, Rosetta Deception um, contention that there were there was a wave of these types of objects seen uh, down in, in the Mediterranean Sea and around the areas of southern Europe. Have you done any looking into that uh, uh, potential scenario? And can you equate that particular wave with anything that was going on up in Scandinavia? There are a few reports from Greece and from uh, Italy. Uh, not, not many. And uh, most of them are, are lights in the sky. Uh, a Greek investigator had gone through the newspapers from 1946 and found 30 or 40 articles, newspaper articles about observations. But they have never been investigated by any ufologist or, or uh, the military at that time didn't take uh, witness accounts. So... Uh, they are not really investigated. They are just newspaper reports, as far as I can see it. And they really are not as good as the ones up in Scandinavia. You find no traces of crashes into lakes, for example. And these are uh, mainly nighttime sightings that have been possibly misidentified or equated to the ghost rocket uh, type yeah. Uh, sighting? Yeah, many of them are. And, uh, of course, ghost rockets were widely... Uh, covered by media all around the world. So they were very well known. How, how about documentation of Jimmy Doolittle, who of course was one of the top generals in the Army Air Force um, at the time the 46-47 wave occurred. He was sent up there to um, investigate this whole you know, mystery, if you will. Uh, do you have any sort of uh, sense of how the Swedish military, you know, responded to him uh, arriving, saying, hey, you know, here I am, I'm the guy that bombed Tokyo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, give us a sense of uh, how the American interest in this whole thing may have been documented uh, locally there. I mean, it's very much in dispute uh, that he was here just for the ghost rockets. Probably he was here for, for many other causes, but the ghost rockets were one thing that he, he was interested in and uh, he took uh, he took up the subject with, with uh, the Swedish military at the dinner and that's the, really the only occasion that I have seen documented that he, he, he asked about the ghost rockets he didn't investigate anything he didn't get any paperwork from the Swedish military they were just talking over, over, over dinner uh, it's more like the, the, the British were much more interested. They were, they had a, a standby task force ready to go to Sweden at a very, very short notice, coming here with radar equipment, trying to help us to find a solution. But they were stopped by the Swedish prime minister. Uh, so they, they never came here. They, they sent a couple of, of, of officers here to discuss the matter with the Swedish uh, Air Force. But that was... All. But you can see the documents in the, in the British files that they were very, very annoyed not being able to come here. They, they called the Swedish prime minister cowardly and, uh, and uh, they didn't like his decision at all. <laughs> well, that's 
that's unfortunate. Uh, it doesn't sound very diplomatic to me. <laughs> no, I guess no. everything at the at the end of World War II. I mean, there was euphoria that the Nazis had been had been defeated. Um, you have all sorts of social uh, upheaval. I mean, much of Europe is in ruins. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing that uh, many of these sightings were able to be documented at all, and and that subsequently the the newspapers in the area uh, would would mention these uh, these inexplicable you know aerial objects, if you will. How many sightings uh, can you divvy up a percentage of sightings uh, over Sweden versus Norway? versus Finland, uh, versus Denmark. Uh, because everybody, at least to my knowledge in this country, when we think of the ghost rockets, we think kind of a generalized Scandinavia. But to my knowledge, uh, the majority of these uh, reports were over Sweden. How many other attendant reports were you know, in these other surrounding countries? Uh, you could say that at least 1,000 reports uh, were from Sweden. Uh, if you look at the military files, but of course not everyone called the military, so it's, it's much, much more. We have found so many more, so a couple of thousands, it should be in the end. Maybe a couple of hundred reports in, in Norway and a couple of hundred in Finland, and uh, maybe 40 or 50 in Denmark, something like that. Well, so, so a couple of thousand. Now, are these individual reports or just witnesses of events? Uh, there is one big event uh, in the summer seen by hundreds of people. Right. But uh, I think you can, you can say that around uh, seven or 800 reports are individual reports, at least, from Sweden. So individual events reported yeah. by multiple people. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, further over Finland into uh, Western Russia? Do we have any sense that the... The Russians were experiencing something as well, if you go further east. I mean, they were mocking Swedes about this, those ghost rockets. And, uh, right, but do we have any, any uh, idea or sense that they were actually uh, experiencing similar, similar events? No, not really. Uh, we have tried to, to see if we can find anything from Russia. And uh, we have been to Moscow a couple of times trying to find uh, paperwork. But this far, really nothing. Well, maybe, of course, Putin has it under his mattress. That's all. That's the real yeah, secret. I mean, there no. it is right there. We got. <laughs> we solved the problem. Klaus Vaughn is joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. If you're like me, you're concerned about the stock market and the economy. You're asking the questions, but it just doesn't seem that you're getting the right answers. Well, my friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute not only have the answers, but they've put together a free report, How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your 401Ks, IRA Savings, and Retirement Income. Don't hesitate. This report's for free for a limited time by calling 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take back your financial lives today. Hello? Congratulations. For what? We're losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. You heard the discussions all over the radio. You couldn't believe what you were hearing. You trusted them. How could you have not seen the signs? You felt betrayed. Outrage set in. Your emotions began to consume you. Then, nothing. Now they're talking football. Days turned to weeks and months. Then, you've forgotten. But they haven't. They're still monitoring your every move. It's coming. Monitorblockitpocket.com Or, will you forget... Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
just want to say something here, Klaus. I have not heard of your work before we did this show. And I just really applaud your level-headed approach to the subject. We don't hear any wacky stuff, just facts, figures, trying to figure out a genuine mystery and trying to know what's going on. Wow, coming from you, Gene, I mean, you you rarely, (laughs) rarely acknowledge somebody's objectivity in this subject area. So, Klaus, that was a real compliment. But we have to deal with a lot of um, subjective um, guests uh, on the show. This is a matter that really brings out the subjective from people. I've actually equated it to the birth of a new 21st century religion or post 20th century religion. Uh, So, I mean, the whole belief thing in this uh, this arena gets a little bit uh, disturbing. I think would be a good word. Uh, It is a very big problem for UFO research overall. People are believing, and they are trying to defend their ideas instead of investigating the, the subject. And there's intellectual dishonesty where they throw out data that doesn't conform to their foregone conclusion. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry to say, I've seen a lot of that, yeah. But looking over this entire picture here, just very briefly, obviously you're investigating a phenomenon that is consistent, it's happening year after year, tons of data. Looking at all this, do you at all subscribe to the possibility this is a visitation by extraterrestrials? or something else, or a mixture of different sources? I think uh, when it comes to UFOs, it's a mixture of of different explanations. So much is happening inside people. Uh, So the witnesses are our main goal to investigate. I mean, you must really know a lot of things about psychology, witness psychology, to be able to deal with UFO observations. If you don't know that, you are out on very thin ice. Uh, I spend uh, hours to try to teach the new field investigators about witness psychology, about misinterpretations. I give a lecture that is two and a half hour long, just about what you can see in the sky and misinterpret. So um, you must do your homework, and you don't do that easily. You have to do that during the years. And you have to visit quite a lot of people. You have to deal with the witnesses eye to eye. And after that, you're learning this this subject. Well, have you ever thought about uh, emigrating to the United States and uh, becoming a voice of reason within the field of uh, UFOs uh, here in the U.S.? (laughs) Because we could use that kind of approach uh, that you're preaching to the choir here at the Paracast. uh, We're not a true believer crowd. We really... You know, extraordinary claims require at least a little bit of evidence, you know. Yeah. You know, I must say it's it's quite refreshing to have somebody on the show that uh, really champions a sober, grounded, objective approach to uh, this mystery. And and I applaud your efforts. And I'm uh, one of the reasons why I thought it was a great idea to have you on the show is to present to our audience, you know, the way that an approach can be taken that doesn't have to involve believing in aliens, believing in this, believing in that. It's like, let's look at the data. Let's ascertain to the best of our abilities what's going on. And I I really, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm um, butt kissing, as some of our listeners would say. But but no, this is really refreshing. And and thank you so much for for taking that uh, particular approach. Uh, I think it's important. And one, one of the things that we are trying to do to help others 
to, to do the same is uh, the archives for the unexplained, which we have built in 1973. And it's a depository of knowledge, which everyone who is interested into the paranormal in a very wide meaning can use. We had a history professor from Penn State University sitting for one week at the archives this summer, as he did the summer before, because it, he don't have to. He doesn't have to travel any other place in the world because everything is there. I mean, we have five thousand five hundred square feet of localities, and it's one point four miles of shelves with books and documents and everything you can imagine. And this is for you to use. It's for the researchers to use, for the believers, for for the skeptics, for anyone who's interested in the subject. Wish that was in my backyard. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Well, all right, we're just looking at the various solutions here. And we mentioned something internal. Are we dealing here with something that is akin to a psychic experience but manifests itself as a UFO because of our pop culture? That's another theory that Mm. is certainly entertained by some. I mean, you, you, you have to think along those lines some, sometimes because you can see very easily that people are interpreting what they see in the heavens from the very social context they are living in. If you look back on the 1896-1897 airship wave, which you mentioned before in the program, people didn't see any crafts at all but just lights in the sky. But when they draw them, when they told about them, they were, they were drawing elongated objects with small or large wings flapping, flying like uh, a bird. I wanted to clarify that. That's really something very interesting here. Okay, so they're only seeing lights in the sky. Yeah. But from the eyes to the brain to the hand to write it down, it becomes an airship. Yeah, because that was the only thing they could fly. I mean, they couldn't really imagine anything else that could fly. And uh, those lights in the sky, they thought at least were flying around up there. And the next big wave in, in Scandinavia was the ghost flyer in the 1930s, when people saw mostly, I read, I think, a couple of thousand reports from the 1930s, they saw lights in the sky as well, that they thought they were aircraft, because aircraft was the top-notch thing to, to see at that time. And uh, during the World War II, people in those uh, bombers over Germany or any other theater they saw those two fighters following their aircraft, and they thought they were top-notch military craft from Nazi Germany following the, the, the aircraft. And then came the ghost rockets, like uh, the V-bombs, in a new way, a much stranger way. I mean, you must realize that this is also something that you must, uh, uh, you must have in mind when you are trying to decipher this mystery. So what we see is not what we're getting. So we think maybe even the ghost rockets are just lights in the sky, but interpreted as aircraft? Could be. Could be. Well, there were a lot of really good daylight sightings, including some photographs that were taken that would suggest something uh, ballistic, something more conventional. As, As Klaus mentioned, there were... There were sounds equating the witnesses with with the objects. Uh, there were contrails. Well, uh, I understand. I grant that that there is a physical perception, 
But the question, of course, is, is that physical perception real or something imagined to fill out the details? Well, if it's an airship, maybe there's going to be a noise. Yeah, I'm usually thinking along those lines. When it comes to those ghost rockets, those crashes were seen by 20, 30 people around the lake. They heard the sound, they saw the thing, they saw the splash, they heard the crash, they saw the debris on, on the shore, I mean stones and mud and things like that. So it's one step ahead away from just being in the mind. Uh, so that makes the ghost rockets a little more right. interesting to me. And that's why I think that the ghost rocket wave may be the most important a wave of activity in the history of modern ufology because it predates the whole flying saucer craze that ensued during the summer of 47. I, I think it's important for people to understand that we're dealing with with physical objects uh, that yeah. are, like, like you say, they're making sounds, they're splashing, they're leaving behind debris. Now, what sort of analysis was done on some of this debris? Do we have any sort of meteorological tests or or any sort of science that uh, was brought to bear on, on yeah, this? The military got uh, quite a few samples sent from people all around Sweden, and nothing of it was uh, anything connected to the ghost rockets themselves. It was many other things, just uh, ordinary stones and uh, minerals and uh, debris and other debris. But uh, what we are trying to find up in this, this lake up in Namajar, if I could go to that, uh, in 1980, on July the 31st, two people in broad daylight are, are walking up in this area of the National Park. They hear a sound. They look to the south and they see this ghost rocket with small wings coming flying, less than 100 yards over them. You know, it that's a good place for the cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay, so let's have the cliffhanger and figure out what this thing 100 yards away was. We have Klaus Vaughn with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. 
people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The suspense is killing us here. Klaus Vaughn, what did they see? They were just standing there on the shore and trying to take a break uh, before walking to the car, which was uh, 20 kilometers away or something like that. Suddenly, this sound makes them to look straight to the south. And this object, three or four meters in length maybe, were flying just under 100 yards over them. They could follow it, flying over them, down to the lake, which was behind them. And when they turned around, they saw this ghost rocket turning, turning, flying back towards them. And they were really scared because they thought, this is a missile, this will... This has seen us. Now, just for Americans' sake, four meters is a bit over 13 feet. Not large at all. No, no, not large at all. I mean, it's like an ordinary ghost rocket. It was that kind of size in 1946 as well. And suddenly they see this uh, craft not flying against them anymore. It is landing on the lake with a splash, and it's sinking with bubbles coming up from the water. And they just walk away. They think it will explode. So they walk away and uh, they, they go to the car and drive back to Stockholm, which is quite far away. But they tell the military when they are back at home and the military starts an, an investigation and they send a helicopter there and they are really trying to see if they can find anything, but they don't. So they just leave it. They check everything. They check the radar. They check uh, what kind of uh, aircrafts there were in the area. If there were Swedes uh, in the area, no, nothing, nothing at all. So now we are trying to see if we can find this ghost rocket. We went there in 2012 and in 2014, and we have some indications that we may have seen something down in the mud that may be this ghost rocket. I'm still so worried here and concerned about the fact that we are constantly seeing these things crash into the Mm. water. And at no time do we ever see anything recovered. You said that there's physical indications that there's something there. Could you elaborate? I mean, this ghost rocket did not crash. It landed and sank. And uh, to me, it made sense to go and look for it because if it's still there, it would be intact not in pieces. So we have uh, charter, we have gone all over the lake, which was uncharted before. Uh, it's very, very shallow. It's only four meters deep, four yards deep. Oh, man, you should be able to find something yeah. uh, man-made in there. Yeah, but uh, it's very muddy, and the mud is uh, an additional four meters. And uh, 
that uh, creates some problems because this ghost rocket should have sunk immediately into the mud. And now we have used another kind of radar equipment in 2014. And then we saw something in the middle of the mud. We cannot really tell what it is. We can say it's something big. It's something that shouldn't be there. But it could be, it could be a, a moose. It could be reindeer that have gone through the ice and, and, uh, and drowned and just vanished. But now we are returning with another piece of equipment that can make a 3D radar return to us so we can see exactly what's uh, deep inside the mud. And that is the next project that we will do this winter or next winter. It depends. Wow, that sounds like a great episode on a, a cool uh, you know, UFO investigator show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring a big old crane out there on a barge and... Uh, start uh, digging through the mud and pull something up. Very, very problematic to do that, I can tell you. It's impossible to do that. I mean, you have to go by helicopter or walk quite a distance in the woods to, to go there. And it's uh, a natural park. We are not even allowed to move the mud. So if we're finding something, we must deal with the, the authorities. Now, the other issue here, even if you don't find a crashed ghost rocket, Shouldn't there be some residue left in the water that could be measured with a sample? Well, it, 25 years later. It's quite a big lake. Well, what about more recent cases? Or 35 years later. Yeah, it's even 35. And uh, I'm not sure. I mean, if there is some sort of fuel leaking from it, of course, you can um, see something. But, I mean, it's a huge amount of water and a very small object. Uh, if it's nuclear, yeah, maybe then. But uh, I don't think it's very easy to see that. Yeah, maybe maybe throw down some sort of device that would be able to punch a hole in it and bring up a sample of the actual material. If you could actually ID the spot, identify exactly where it is, go ahead and, and do some core sample type uh, activity to try to pull some of the material up or something. I, I wouldn't do that because it could be something that could uh, answer with the Big Bang. Uh, no, we are not going to try to make a hole into it because we don't really know what it is. <laughs> Maybe if we put a hole in it, we might find out. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I understand your it up, uh, reservations there, uh, but I'm just, it, it sounds so exciting and it sounds like there's actual potential there for some sort of recovery. It is, it is. And uh, this is one of two lakes uh, that have uh, the same kind of navigating from the ghost rocket side, landing and sinking. Uh, so uh, we have another one as well. If we are not try, not going to find this one, we will try the other lake as well. But I do think that we can find something. I do think so. Well, there's nothing like physical evidence to uh, kind of set the hard-boiled debunkers back on their uh, heels a little bit. Uh, you know, Let's open it up a little bit here and and look at the cultural uh, differences between Scandinavia, Northern Europe, and um, and possibly the U.S. or South America. How do you see people's perceptions in their subcultural context to be important in terms of the differences between one group of individuals in one culture and and other individuals in another culture? Do you think that there's like fertile ground there? sociologically to uh, perhaps come up with a 
a better idea of what we're dealing with based on the differences that people have and how they perceive these things? The differences were maybe bigger if you go back in time because all the Hollywood movies and all the literature coming from the United States have affected us so much that we are really dealing with quite the same mind frame now as uh, in America and in, in Sweden in many ways. And the internet has, of course, made it even more like that. Uh, people are reading, watching YouTube and uh, getting their impressions, not from what is writing, writing here in Sweden, but uh, from what they are seeing and, and, uh, and reading on the internet instead. And most of it are in English. And they are affected by that, of course. So I think the cultural differences are not as big anymore. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's, it's, I think the term would be it's becoming homogenized. It's, it's becoming all the differences are kind of being uh, smoothed out and, and we're coming up with a more of a global sense uh, because of the Internet, because of Hollywood. Yeah. Well, well, what are your feelings? Why do you think we even have a UFO phenomenon in the culture in terms of how people are responding to it, how it affects their beliefs? Do you think that we're dealing with something physical that has these effects or we're dealing in terms of the importance or, or is it the very fact that people believe this stuff that's important? Where do you come down on that? I think uh, we do not need any physical to believe in things. I mean, you can believe in God, you don't have any physical, physical, uh, what you say, uh, traces of him for that. You can believe in anything if you want. And uh, in 1946, no one speculated in ghost rockets being extraterrestrial. There is not a single article in a Swedish newspaper or a Norwegian newspaper, except one that is really mocking the ghost rockets telling they are may be from Mars. That's the only article during 1946. Let's do the break here. Let's go into that sort of speculation and more. We've got Klaus Vaughn looking at ghost rockets from the end of World War II to the present day. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. 
people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Ricky LeBlanc, admitted in Mass only. Sokolov Law, LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Ken Levan, responsible attorney in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey. The choice of lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been impacted by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-218-HELP. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of hardworking men and women, including many U.S. veterans and industrial workers, have been diagnosed with mesothelioma because manufacturers knew the dangers but put profits ahead of people. An estimated $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be entitled to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-218-HELP. That's 1-800-218-HELP. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Klaus Fon, let me ask you about that. And that is that early on, we weren't talking about spaceships. Now, is it possible here that the spaceship talk was something that was more or less generated by the speculation here in the States? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, we imported that as many other things from from the United States. And uh, during the 1950s, the Swedish military had uh, personnel that worked full-time just to investigate UFOs as a threat, as something that were a bona fide threat to Sweden. Uh, They, of course, didn't believe they were aliens, but uh, they were aware of people believing they were aliens. And I think we need that belief. It's something that uh, humanity really are in need of because of we don't want to be alone in the universe. We want there to be other beings like us, or, or at least a little like us out there. 
I do think that we are not alone in the universe, but can they travel here? I'm not sure at all. <laughs> or but, uh, would they, even if they could? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's too late. If they are here, it may be too late to turn around. So, <laughs> Well, the whole belief in aliens, I think there's kind of a reverse angle here as well. I think we have to have a belief in something out there in order to justify or motivate us to get off planet before the sun goes supernova or we get hit by an asteroid. It's almost like uh, the dandelion waiting for the wind of, of opinion to blow so that, or belief to blow so that all the little seedlings can go out into the cosmos and mm -hmm. spread the gene pool and spread our, our uh, genetic material out there before the, the Earth is some sort of anecdote in, <laughs> in galactic history. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were young in the 1970s, I was, you will remember that really no one believed in, in uh, life out there in, 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 on other planets. Frank Drake was one of the first radio astronomers to really try to listen for, uh, for uh, messages and sending things out there. He was alone. People were laughing at him. Nobody believed that there were Earths like ours out there. But now everyone does. Oh, yeah, we know for sure. <laughs> yeah, everyone. So things have really changed so much that ETs coming here is not far-fetched to uh, our minds anymore. Right. Well, what do you think of this uh, latest news story of finding this this strange anomaly around a, a fairly close uh, by star that mm. appears to be something, some would speculate, something uh, artificial. I mean, the only thing we know, it's an anomaly. It's something there, probably a planet. The rest is pure speculation. And uh, there is not a shred of evidence that it's made of anything else than, than just uh, rocks. Well, if you uh, read the uh, headlines online, boy, a lot of people are trying to pump it up to be something that it's uh, very sensational, shall we yeah, say. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been reading and writing about it myself, and my, my son is a journalist, he's also he's writing about it, and we have tried to find anything that really uh, is saying that this is not just a rock, but there is no evidence for it at all, nothing, it's just yeah. uh, talk. Well, what about this emerging sense in the United States, people like Richard Dolan and others um, have suggested that we have some sort of secret space program or a breakaway civilization that has leapt forward by leaps and bounds in the black world, if you will, the private sector, mm -hmm. and that we have this, uh, this exalted technology already perfected. First of all, what do you think? And then second of all, what, what do you think Europeans think of the, this type of thinking? If, if there were such a thing like a black space program for going on for years and years, Russia and China would of course know about it, and uh, would they keep quiet? I'm not so sure. I think it would have leaked from China and Russia before from the United States. I've spoken to very many astronauts and cosmonauts and spent quite a lot of time with one of, some of the Apollo astronauts as well, and uh, they have nothing to say in that direction. And even I met with Ed Mitchell for a full day in, in uh, Switzerland, and he's a believer, really, he's a UFO believer, and he's was born in Roswell, New Mexico. And he says to me that no one, not a single astronaut, has seen anything in space that is uh, remotely like a UFO. I don't think there is so much hidden from us. I, I went to Houston a couple of years ago, combed through the, the NASA archives, trying to find pictures from the moon that were telling some different stories. People are saying that they were screened by UFOs and such things. I couldn't find anything. No, I, I don't think there is a black hidden uh, space program. 
there's not a shred of evidence for that. It says a lot about America, I think, a lot about what people tend to believe in. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Yeah, very much so, very much. So do you think that's a, a point of view that's commonly held in Europe and elsewhere uh, outside of the U.S.? Or do you think it, uh, do you still have a conspiratorial, I guess, strata within the culture that uh, that accepts that as a possibility? I mean, conspiracy theorists are, are common here in Europe as well. I, I've written books about conspiracies and uh, I've studied a lot of those people believing in them and creating them as well. And there is a there is a wave, you can say, now through the internet mostly, that you can believe in whatever you want, and uh, you don't believe in authorities. Authorities are your enemy because they are doing the bad things, and they are taking your money, and they are doing things like that. So, uh, <laughs> so, so you don't buy into good. David Icke thinking that reptilians. Uh, uh, are ruling the world, and uh, the Queen of England does uh, ritual blood sacrifice with uh, with nubile babies, or that sort of thing. Not really, not really. I, I think Queen Elizabeth is not that good looking anymore as she was from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <I> drink it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, where do you where do you see this whole field of ufology going? We've been lamenting the fact that it seems to be withering on the vine, and the, as the older generation uh, passes on, we're, uh, we're just, the younger folks aren't as motivated as uh, maybe people that grew up in the 40s and 50s. Uh, do, do you see any hope for, uh, you know, the type of approach that you're taking and the type of approach that I'm trying to, to take, which is, you know, getting hard data, uh, doing the kind of research into, into these uh you know, subjects that needs to be done. Do you, do you think there's any hope? Do you think everybody's just going to abdicate themselves into belief? Or do you think there's going to be a generation of real hard workers? They're using some elbow grease, as they say. Yeah, what most people really don't uh, are aware of is that there are two different kinds of ufology. One that you see on TV and one that is doing the hard work and not uh, are not on TV and, and, and programs like this. I have contact with hundreds of people that are doing the hard work like uh, UFO Sweden does. They are not seen in media at all. Uh, they are very good. Uh, they are very, very neutral, hardworking, trying to find the answer, guys and girls. But, as you say, uh, not many new, younger ones are, try- are going that way. They are usually interested in, in, in reading and seeing stuff on the internet and uh, they look at UFOs as some kind of pastime interest. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a difficult time. I hope that we are educating people here in Sweden as much as we can so we can find those new ones. And we have, we have quite, quite a few. You see, countries. I want to get into something about that in a moment in our next segment with Klaus Vaughn, with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. I am a 47-year-old female and had a heart attack in 2005. This is Alice from New Jersey. I still get angina, even with four stents. 
I was taking nitro two or three times a week. The very first day after taking heart and body extract, the chest pain was gone. Now I don't wear a nitro patch. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. You heard the discussions all over the radio. You couldn't believe what you were hearing. You trusted them. How could you have not seen the signs you felt betrayed? Outrage set in. Your emotions began to consume you. Then, nothing. Now they're talking football. Days turned to weeks and months. Then, you've forgotten. But they haven't. They're still monitoring your every move. It's coming. MonitorBlockItPocket.com Or, will you forget... My name is Bill Bonner, and I have an important message. Right now, the highest levels of government are struggling against an inevitable crisis, but they're about to lose control. When this happens, it will rip our country apart in ways you never imagined, from where we shop to the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. A few years ago, I warned that the housing prices would collapse. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash, and they did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. I've posted a free video at disappearingdollar.com. Maybe you'll disagree with my conclusions, but first, you need to watch this video and see the facts for yourself. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. 
Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. One of the things that we lament here in the States is that when you attend a UFO conference, Klaus von, more than likely the vast majority of people there are in our age group mm. yeah. rather than the young people. They're not going to UFO conventions. They're going to Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But uh, they're also going out on the Internet reading about UFOs. I wrote a piece on my uh, newspaper's uh, website just a couple of weeks ago. It was viewed uh, by 105,000 readers. It was a film clip and it was a story. And uh, that's a lot of people for, for us in Sweden. It's uh, one of the five most viewed articles and film clips in the history of our newspaper. It was about UFOs. So people are really interested uh, if it's uh, good information. And it's information about things that are not just reptilians and stuff like conspiracies and things like that. Uh, so there's a huge interest. But people are not going to conventions. They're not going to meetings. They're not going out as much as before. They are sitting in front of their computers doing their stuff. Well, that's good to know. It looks like a lot of people do research yeah. these days online. They don't really sit down and actually do research. I read one popular book. I won't mention the author, but we're talking about something that's really high up on the New York Times bestseller list. And there's a statement from the two authors that they thank the internet for being able to check all these books online through mm. Google Books, I presume, mm. from the comfort of their home offices. They don't go out and do research. They just copy-paste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... It's good and not good. I mean, it's very good to have all this information at your fingertips. Uh, that's great. I don't have to go all across the world to, to find things. But, of course, you must go around the world to do some sort of research, to really do the hard work with your boots on. No, I, I think people should do that. They should leave their houses to meet the witnesses, to go to the uh, archives and dig for themselves. So you can't Get just... out of their armchairs... Right, you can't just yeah. call up the witnesses on the phone or Skype. Uh, we do that, but if it's interesting enough, we go there. I had an observation uh, coming into UFO Sweden this year. It was uh, made in 2010, but they reported it this year. Uh, it's uh, the other end of Sweden. But I went there because it was so interesting, because I wanted to meet with the witnesses eye to eye, to go to the very, very place where it happened to see for myself to, to get the feeling, how high were the trees? Was it possible to see it doing like that? And so on and so on. You must do that. Yeah. Boy, I did back in the 90s. I put 300,000 miles on my truck in less than six years. <laughs> wow, the transmission man. shop down the street just loved him for all that business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it, you know, uh, you got to talk the talk, I guess, but you also have to walk the walk and you have to 
put in the time. I mean, it's you know face-to-face encounters, on-site investigations, actually walking through the site with people. There's no substitute for that. You can't do that on no. the phone. You can't do that uh, through an email. You can't do it on Skype. It, it just doesn't work that way. Soon, it will be more effective to at least utilize that tool in our tube, tool bag because there are some cases that, that are too far away. We're dealing with limited budgets here, and you know, if I have to travel 250, 300 miles, and I've got a busy life, that's going to be difficult. But you know, I'm semi-retired now from all that. I I put in my uh, my work in the trenches, and I'm I'm just lamenting the fact that uh, we don't have more uh, motivated young people that are willing to to actually do the work in a proper fashion and in a in a real complete fa- fashion. I, I you know, I think it's really important for us uh, older set individuals to attempt somehow to motivate the the up and coming generation to you know really you know, take the baton and keep yeah. toting that thing around the track yeah yeah <laughs> and I mean, we are yeah. going around a track it seems like we're going around in circles uh, most of the time but you know three <laughs> steps forward two steps back one other thing you really do have to bring your own legs to do is to go to uh, find those stuff for the archives. I mean, we are saving books and files all the time, mostly from Europe, but also from America. I go to England every year. I drive 8,000 miles for in one week, going around England, saving wow. saving 4,000 pounds every year of stuff to bring back to the archives. I've done so for the last 15 years. You cannot just call people and say, can you send it to me? They won't do it. You must go there. You must get to learn them. You must get to know them. One question then that arises, what about coordination with other UFO organizations? Again, here in the States, you know, we have a lot of backbiting. One organization doesn't like another. There are personality conflicts. Do you reach out to UFO research organizations around Europe and other parts of the world to share information? Yeah, we do that. And uh, I visited the, the Finnish UFO research organization when they had a meeting in Tallinn in, in Estonia a couple of weeks ago. I went there and, and gave a speak, speech to them and uh, we had a couple of hours uh, sitting down. Uh, we work together with Norway and Denmark, of course, as much as we can. Uh, but we also work together with loads of other people and organizations all around the world all the time, especially through the AFU the archives, because we are so we, we are so dependent on, on uh, sharing information with them to get new information to us. So we do that all the time. Now you've been at it for a long time. Chris mm. and I have been at it for an awful long time. Mm. Do you feel at any point here that we'll ever get a real answer, or is this the kind of quest that's just going to go on and on <laughs> from generation to generation with no end? There's two answers to that, really. I mean, if I Look back in 1974 when I started, I know so much more today. So I've gotten, got so many answers the last 40 years, but not every answer, of course. There will always be some cases, some stories, some happenings that will be unanswered. Always. That's the way we are we are dealing with human beings. So we, <laughs> that's, that's the, the way, way we're wired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think we will have work to do uh, in 100 years from now as well. Yeah, yeah. we need something to motivate us to keep us working. So we can't get all the answers or we wouldn't bother looking. 
No, well, maybe that's, that's what the phenomenon is here for, to spur us on. It may be like that if you're thinking in that direction, of course, yeah. And it may be uh, so that we need this for our own sake. If it's the phenomenon or not, it really doesn't matter. We need it anyway. Indeed, and we always have to hope that it will have an end game, or maybe it's going to morph into the next cultural phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, something will happen, of course. It's been happening since 1896. It's been transforming in our minds, maybe in the physical sense as well. It is very hard to tell sometimes. Now, well, returning back to Ghost Rockets very quickly, and we have one more segment after this, so this has just flown away. It's gotten past us. The show has moved so fast. And that is, do we have some photographs of ghost rockets we could look at? There is only one picture of a ghost rocket, and that is not of a ghost rocket. But it's the only picture taken in 1946. And uh, it was taken by a man in in Uppsala, north of Stockholm. And it was uh, published all over the world. It's just a streak of light in the sky, it was taken in broad daylight, and it was seen by hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands and thousands of people. And it now, was a day, daylight meteor. Okay, it was a daylight meteor, so it mm. wasn't a ghost rocket at all. No, but the only one really published as a ghost rocket after. Now, that's, of course, what the skeptics will assert here, that after all these years, we only have a small number of UFO photos that may or may not pass muster. Most are just streaks in the sky or things easily faked. Where is the solid evidence to go on? For the large part, it's mostly anecdotal. And yeah. we have the same sightings or similar sightings year after year. Where do we get to the next step? And how do you prove to skeptics that there's a real phenomenon and just not people making things up or seeing conventional objects in unusual circumstances. The answer will come in our next segment with Klaus Vaughn and Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com it's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LaSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast-free shipping. Become a vapor today at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LaSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Did you know that drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps Helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. The typical skeptic's argument, Klaus, what's your response? I think we must ask ourselves, why isn't there more very good pictures of UFOs? Everyone is carrying with them a camera in their pocket today. Everyone. And the quality of the cameras is superb. I just saw one article comparing the new iPhone 6S camera with high-end 4K digital (laughs) single-lens reflex cameras. And except for really extreme circumstances, it's almost as good. You can make movies with it, commercial movies. Yeah, it's incredible, really. And we should get very, very good pictures. I mean, look back in the 1950s. George Adamski, Daniel Fry, all of those guys, they took pictures of crafts in the sky. It was not a problem seeing them. Now we're getting pictures of dots of light that we are hard to find in, in the picture. Yeah, but those things were garbage cans. Or- yeah, of course. I mean, but they were good pictures. I mean, <laughs> Excellent pictures of garbage cans, or if you're just holding an object in the air. Perfect. Yeah. Of course, now we have 
CGI. We don't need to have the object no. held by the wire anymore. They just use the wires now for people who appear in superhero TV shows. <laughs> to, to me, this says that the real UFO phenomenon is very, very scarce. There may be a couple of cases in a country like Sweden every year that we have we are not able to find a solution to. Uh, so taking pictures of it is, of course, not not very easy to do. I think we are dealing with some sort of, of a phenomenon that may have its solution, some unusual natural phenomenon for a part. Some of it may be military that we don't know, and some of it we still do not have any any solution to. I mean, I've, I've been investigating ball lightning. There's uh, one of those very strange bona fide scientific uh, enigmas we have to deal with. And the ball lightning can be so strange that you cannot distinguish it be- between a UFO or, or, or uh, this really scientific enigma. Let me ask you another question here related to this, and that is, in our discussions here on the Paracast, we quite often look for relationships between UFOs and other phenomena. Mm. We talk about Bigfoot and other events, yeah. strange creatures. Do you feel there's any connection with any of this, or do UFOs stand by themselves? If we look at the aliens, if I call them that, I mean, I cannot see any difference between people who are seeing aliens, Virgin Mary, trolls, I mean, other creatures. It's really in the mind of, of the beholder what they are deciphering, what they are seeing, what they are calling what they are seeing. So... Uh, there is a connection, but maybe on a level that's inside our minds more than outside the minds of yeah. you. I mean, I've been in, in, inside a church when one of those uh, apparitions appeared with 2,000 people there and me. And many of them saw Virgin Mary appear in the church. I couldn't see her. I may uh, be able- Wait a minute. That's a very important point. I wanted to bring that up. The fact is here that you can put a bunch of people in the same place and not everyone sees what's there. Certainly you'd think that if it's a physical aircraft, they would all see it if they have normal vision and they're looking in the right place. Mm. And that's what happens when you see a ghost rocket. Uh, If there are five people looking, they all see it. It's not a discussion about uh, they have seen it afterwards. So that is also one of the aspects of the ghost rockets that make me think of it as a physical phenomenon. Seeing Virgin Mary is uh, something completely different. And uh, so many people saw her, and some of them took pictures of her as well. But the pictures were of uh, other things. I could see, I could tell what they were afterwards. But at the moment it happened, everyone believed that she was there. But not everyone sees it. What are they seeing, or are they seeing anything external? Well, it's a power of belief. I mean, the mind can can confabulate all sorts of things uh, if the the sense of belief and the the willfulness is strong enough you're able to manifest all kinds of things in your brain even possibly in reality that's why I think a lot of these uh, phenomenal events uh, the the actual event is real but we put the details we we fill in the blanks mm, we yeah. create the uh, the wondrousness of it it's, it's almost like a blank canvas flying through the air or, or walking through the woods and then we are the ones that put the sketch on it based on our preconceived uh programming culturally uh you know the things that we we want to believe there's this symbiotic relationship with the phenomenon that um it, it, 
this potential connection does not get looked at, in my view. Because we human beings need to make the world understandable, and we are not uh, made to deal with the unknown, because if we are walking around a world that we doesn't understand, it will make us, uh, make us crazy in the end. So we need to put things together, even if they are not for real. Uh, I work quite a lot with uh, witness psychologists and, and uh, looked at uh, police surveillance cameras during a bank robbery. And when you interview the witnesses, the police investigator tells me sometimes they think that they have mixed up the bank robbery with another bank robbery because what you see on the screen and what you hear from the witness are so different that they must be two different occasions. But they are not because they are people under pressure. They see things that they do not really see for real. You wonder then when you go into a court of law and you convict people of serious crimes like robbery, murder based on eyewitness testimony, and mostly eyewitness testimony, that's thoroughly, thoroughly unreliable. If you don't mm. have proper forensic evidence, Yeah, you can have so really a lot of people convicted for things they didn't do. There are so many examples in the United States that DNA has shown that the verdict was wrong. That, of course, takes us back to the Innocence Project, which is a nonprofit organization that takes on a number of cases every year where they feel that somebody was wrongly convicted of something. Yeah. That also goes to the problem in getting proper UFO evidence, because if we're dealing with something that, number one, is seen unexpectedly, so people aren't prepared to see it, there is a lot of distortion in the eyewitness accounts. We may have these rare events where things are happening, but people either see it or don't see it or see something different. And getting down to an objective phenomenon, I don't know. Klaus Vaughn, would you tell our listeners again where they can get more information about the documentary and also check out UFO Sweden? They can uh, go to ufo.se, which is our Swedish website with also some English uh, web pages. And you can go to afu.se, archivesfortheunexplained.se, where you can find the, in English, information about the largest archives in the world about UFOs and the paranormal. That's the main uh, pages and the Ghost Rocket Facebook site, which I recommend. It's also in English. There is a lot of information about the Ghost Rocket film and about uh, the research. There's a way to go. You can find us, by the way. We hang out at Twitter if you go for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. Join the thousands and thousands of people who are following us. And you know what? I might follow you if I feel up to it that week. Okay? (laughs) Kind of crazy about that. I'm not nuts about Twitter. You know, we got to be on there but I'm not a big Twitter fan. We also have two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. I think one's a club, one's a group. Never the twain shall meet. If we merge them, one disappears. I'd rather have two watering holes, hoping that you'll join one of them. We also have our second radio show that we do each and every week now, coming up to almost a year after the Paracast. And sometimes it's a wrap-up of this show, color commentary, Anything that comes to mind, sometimes with a guest, we'll finish the interview on After the Paracast when we run out of time. And we featured a lot of people there, such as Micah Hanks, who's been on recently. Really, really fascinating show, but it's only available if you subscribe to After the Paracast. And here's what you do. You go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S.theparacast.com. We also offer... The ad-free version of this show, higher quality audio, a little bit higher quality, 
So you can hear Klaus Vaughn just perfectly, Chris O'Brien just perfectly, I Never Change. And we offer it for a modest monthly, annual, five-year, and now lifetime subscription. That means for the rest of our natural lives, you can be a member of the Paracast Plus. We also give away free eBooks for long-term subscriptions of one year or more. These are books written by Chris O'Brien. He's generously donated. That offer is limited. He's going to call me one day and say, you know, Gene, I can't give up all that money. So we've got to give. But if you go to plus.thepowercast.com, you'll find out about it. Class fun. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks a lot. It was a nice two hours. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast.